Coming up on Podcast 1704, VW unveil the ID7 at CES. But is it any good? We're going to find out. Stick around. Also on the show today, we will zoom right out and have a look at global EV sales. Chevy Bolt gets a small price increase. How big is too big when it comes to battery size? And Neo just keep on adding battery swap stations to Europe, but how many are there now? I'll let you know those stories and a lot more to discuss on the podcast today. So stay tuned. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you are in the world, it's EV News Daily, a trusted source of EV information. Wednesday, 4th of January today. My name is Martin Lee, and I'm sorry for not knowing what day of the week it is. Honestly, because New Year was Sunday, bank holiday was Monday, I didn't work till Tuesday. Uh, Thank you to my listeners for pointing out that a couple of times yesterday, I may have mentioned it was Wednesday. It wasn't, it was Tuesday. I'm very confused. Well, thank you for tuning in today. We'll start with the headline story, because what else can we talk about today? And that is Volkswagen's new ID7. Now, a lot of the US websites I've seen talk about it being a sedan. Maybe it's a lost in translation thing, but I'd call it a hatchback. So sedan must mean something. I think sedan saloon, I think Model 3, something with a boot, you know, uh, not where the whole back end of the car lifts up like a Model Y. Does that make sense? Am I, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, this, looking at the shut lines, it's all covered in camouflage still, even though it's unveiled. It just, it's a hatchback to me so it's because uh, it's got it's too stubby at the back to be anything else either way volkswagen following up yet another one of their id models this time it's got orange and black camo that lights up 22 sections of paint with 40 individual layers of paint and electronics light up at the driver's command of course it won't when you buy one to be in your driveway uh, this is just for the ces show uh, they can even make it light up to the sound of the uh, the beats coming out of the infotainment system i'm glad they spend time doing this uh, but it's utterly pointless uh, the id7 though it look it's it's kind of more interesting than just being your basic bog standard camo yep i get that um, and it's kind of interesting to talk about but either way let's get on to what we want to know uh, vw say that this is based on the aero 3 concept and that we saw that revealed last year it will do 700 kilometers of range volkswagen says an unwrapped production version of the id7 uh, gets its world debut in the next couple of months so we'll have to wait a little bit longer for those press shots uh, of the car without the camouflage on. But honestly, they're not hiding anything. It's, it's a tight wrap, so you can see all the lines and the body. Uh, it's a very short, stubby front on this, a bit like the ID3 and the ID4. A little bit longer, a little bit to keep the proportions in check, I would say, because that's probably where the Mercedes-Benz EQS got some criticism of being a wonderfully designed electric vehicle, but it didn't look like an S-Class, and so that got some pushback on that. Uh, The dashboard is what you'd expect from the ID vehicles, very simple layout, says car and driver. But a 15-inch touchscreen, I reckon, makes all the difference to these vehicles because one of the things that I don't like about the ID3 and the ID4, I just think the screens could be bigger. You need one size bigger. Uh, You need the the screen from the ID Buzz, and it's got it, 15-inch touchscreen. They are also still taking out anything that you can touch in VWs, which is a bad idea uh, because they've got the um, things that you slide your finger up and down on to change the temperature and the volume. They don't work. Does nobody at VW have the balls to say to senior management, this doesn't work? Like, it was a good idea. No idea is a bad idea, apart from this one. Hey, we tried it. Let's get rid of it. But no, it still comes with a horrible, shiny, 
buttons that aren't buttons that you can't. I whenever I use them, I hit the wrong thing, and it's not just me. Loads of people have said it. I mean, I'm not a bit fat fingered here, but still, um, the uh, car does have a head up display, which is a good thing. I love the head up display in the Kona that we're driving at the moment. Absolutely adore it. Your eyes just don't look down from the road. It's something that I really miss, and I'm not driving a car with one. Uh, and it's got augmented reality on the head up display as well. Uh, the um, VW's commitment to the sedan segment, says Motor Trend, uh, is honourable with the Phaeton, the CC, the Arteon. Uh, that should be admired. And now the ID7, 117-inch wheelbase. Uh, the long stretch between the wheels lets VW cram in a big battery pack that's good for 435 miles, they say, on the European WLTP test cycle. VW says the new ID7 will be sold on three continents. Uh, the EPA range not revealed yet. The smart air vents... Uh, have been unveiled. Uh, they will direct the air to where it needs to be, uh, but you can talk to it in, in in human language. So you can say, "Hey, ID Seven, my hands are cold," and it turns on the heated steering wheel or specific air conditioning settings. So that you haven't got chilly fingers, because well, that would be terrible, uh, wouldn't it? It also has preconditioning of the cabin if it detects you walking towards it, which again. Nice touch. I don't know if it makes any difference, because what is it? You're walking to the car, one potato, two potato, three, pull the handle, you're in. Right, you know, so the heating's already started a second ago. Does it matter? Well, it's a nice touch. Um, the ID7 uh, will be their sixth model introduced after the ID3, the 4, the 5, the ID6. That's Chinese only, by the way, and the ID Buzz. And it's very, very aerodynamic, uh, 0 0.23 Um on the drag coefficient of that. TheVerge.com says the battery is expected to be 88 kilowatt hours, but hasn't been confirmed by VW. ID7 has the potential to pick up the mantle from the Passat, which has struggled to keep up with the larger, heavier vehicles in VW's lineup. According to The Verge, the Arteon presents as a souped-up Passat, which could open the door for sportier intentions for the ID7. Perhaps we'll get an R-Line version somewhere down the line, or maybe they'll use the X. Uh, so ID7X, maybe, you think, possibly, uh, for a hot version. Uh, with the new ID7, says VW, uh, we are extending our electric model range into the upper segments. Uh, the sedan will offer top-class technology and quality. The ID7 is one of 10 electric models we are launching by 2026. The goal is to deliver sustainable products for our customers in every single segment. Uh, air intakes in the front end guide air uh, to flow down the sides of the vehicle uh, to the rear. It forms an air curtain, which calms the airflow at the sides of the vehicle. VW says the roof has a dramatic coupe-like -like slope at the rear, and this contributes to the very good drag coefficient. I, that is uh, something that looks quite nice, actually, on the vehicle. That C-pillar, that rear pillar, does uh, curve down in a way that is swoopy, I will describe it as. Uh, but the proportions look good to me, even though the car is covered in camouflage. Short, stubby front, but why would it need to be any bigger? Just going to have the air conditioning and stuff up front. Probably no frunk, you would think. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. Um, and otherwise, the specs haven't been revealed. Thanks, VW, for showing us a car and not telling us the specs. But yeah, something around 400, 450 miles 
with a big old juicy battery pack is what's going to be needed for a car like that if it's going to be on the market sometime next year as a 2024 model year so maybe on sale at the end of this year it's going to need to do a fair few miles and have a chunky battery pack what do you think what's 88 kilowatt hours is probably about right but what's that going to deliver in the real world at four miles per kilowatt hour 350 uh, 360 so it, it might need to be a bigger battery pack than that but we'll get on to talking about uh big packs <laughs> later on the podcast let's talk about some sales numbers uh, right now uh, we'll start at local level and then we will zoom out if you like uh, french new car registrations were flat in december uh, and they were a little bit down on december 2021 uh, the market in total is down for the year in france but guess what ev sales are up yes you beat me to it uh, for the year tesla was leading the volume brands uh, with a 10 percent increase for Tesla while everybody else was going down by power source. Uh, Gas cars in France now 37%. Diesel 16, which is amazing because France was, you know, home of the diesel for a long time. Full electric cars, 13. Plug-in hybrids, 8.3. So what's that? 21.3 with a plug. So yeah, plug-in vehicles well, well above diesel in France, which was unimaginable only a few years ago. In Switzerland, one in four new cars purchased last year in Switzerland were 100% electric or plug-in hybrid models. The best-selling model was the Model Y. And the Swiss E-Mobility Association reporting yesterday that last year, 17.3% of all new cars sold were 100% electric in Switzerland. Small car market, obviously, but we like the numbers. 8% plug-in hybrids. Let's zoom out a bit and do all of Europe. According to Kling Technica, 281,000 plug-in vehicles were registered in November. Now, I know we're in January and you think we do December, but it takes a while to bring all the stats together for all of the EU countries. So we're still talking November. Uh, 281,000 plug-in vehicles, up 31% year on year. Uh, the second best result ever after December last year. No, the year before 2021, if that makes sense. October's plug-in vehicle share of the market was 27.7 and that splits out at 17 percent full electrics and the rest 10 percent uh were plug-in hybrids so last month no sorry not december november uh, what were the big models uh, they were in this order model y model 3 yes t- tesla at the top in the top two positions in all of europe model y model 3 ford cougar plug-in hybrid if we're including class with uh, plug sockets on uh, id4 id3 let's look at year to date so in all of europe big area uh up to the end of november what were the most popular cars model y number one Model 3, number 2, followed by Fiat 500e, fabulous little car, VW ID4, Skoda Eniac, Ford Cougar, slash Escape, whatever you want to call it, uh, plug-in hybrid, Peugeot 208 EV, VW ID3, Dacia Spring in ninth, and the Kona was in 10th. Tesla's now preparing its party, celebrating the capture of first and second place in all of Europe for the whole of the year. But it'll have to enjoy it because Model 3 won't do that this year that we're in, 2023. Delivery is already down 40%, and if the same trend continues, uh, Model 3 probably won't even be top 5 in Europe in 2023. Model Y going great guns, Model 3 is, well, you know, not the ugly sister, but... Ah, uh, you know, Model Y is the shiny new thing, isn't it? So Model 3 is just not doing very well in Europe right now. Still number two 
at the minute, but it won't be this year. According to Clean Technica, if we zoom out one more and look at global EV sales, we can now do that. 18% of every new vehicle sold on the planet has a plug socket on. And that's the big number to take away from today's podcast. 18% of every new car sold on the planet has a plug socket on. Global plug-in vehicle registrations for November 2022 were 1,060,000. A new record beating 1,040,000 in the previous month with such strong results. 18% share of the total worldwide auto passenger car market. Uh, Full electrics were 13%. So anyone that's trying to tell you that, look, EVs aren't happening, it's not a thing, there's a slowdown, or I've seen a few articles recently because the delivery times are coming, the wait times are coming down, and that's been interpreted as the EV boom is over, or, you know, (laughs) it's not going to happen or something. Just ridiculous. Um, The November worldwide top 10, the best-selling cars in the world were the Model Y. So, in the month of November, best-selling car in the world, Model Y, followed by the BYD Song, Tesla's Model 3, the Wuling Hongguang Mini EV, the BYD Han, the Yuan Plus or Atto 3, uh, the Dolphin, uh, the Kin Plus, the Tang, and the VW ID4. A lot of B- BYDs. One, two, three, four, five, six BYD vehicles in the worldwide top 10 in November. Not bad, is it? Holy moly, I've got to speed up. I've got a lot more to get through today. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about batteries in the US and Chevy Bolt prices going up and the Volvo XC90. Stick around. Those stories and more are on the way. Now let's talk batteries. Can't have EVs without them. And in the US, the latest set of political movements has really encouraged people to... Uh, develop a a US domestic battery industry and boy oh boy it's really paying off a wave of new EV battery plants across North America's uh, area is going to increase battery capacity from 55 gigawatt hours a year last year to 998 gigawatt hours a year by the end of the decade according to the US Department of Energy says Green Car Congress most of the announced battery plant projects are scheduled to begin production between 2025 and 2030 and by the end of the decade the production capacity will be capable of supporting the manufacture of mm, depends the size of the average battery in the car but let's say between 10 and 13 million all electric vehicles every single year. To optimise supply chain logistics, battery plants will be co-located with where the vehicles are made and many of these plants are concentrated in a band north to south from Michigan to Alabama. Based on current plans, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan are seeing the highest growth. Market share of the South Korean EV battery makers is sliding and it's going to the Chinese, according to data released earlier today. LG, SK and Samsung, the big South Korean companies, uh, holding a 23% share of the global EV battery market, down 7%, and that is going to the Chinese makers. Uh, LG, of course, supplies Tesla, Volkswagen and Audi. Samsung supplies batteries for the BMW iX and the Fiat 500, uh, the big ones from China, CATL and BYD and CALB picking up the share as well. Tesla has been fined in South Korea for overstating the range. The Fair Trade Commission has fined them 2.85 billion won 
for not representing the reduction in range of its cars in cold temperatures, Reuters reporting today. According to the department, the maximum range of Tesla vehicles on a full charge can drop in very, very cold temperatures by 50%. You know that. All EVs do. Uh, It's 10% more, though, than the average EV, according to the Environment Ministry. I didn't realise that. I didn't I don't think Teslas are any worse. In fact, they're one of the better ones. But either way, Tesla was forced to tweak the copy on its website uh, last February after they are alerted to the findings by the Korean authorities. The pages for their models in the region mention that the range will vary depending on external factors like speed, weather and road conditions. But that same disclaimer doesn't appear on the US website. Uh, the Chevy Bolt's price has increased for both models, but not by too much. Effective as of yesterday, it comes six months after they dropped the price by $6,000. And don't worry, it's not going up by that much. Not at all. Uh, the Bolt EV goes up by $900 to $27,500, and the EUV goes up by $600 uh, to $28,700. The Bolt and the EUV still are eligible as of 2023 for the $7,500 federal tax credit thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act, which means you could well get a Bolt in your driveway for twenty grand. That is the most affordable mainstream big-selling EV in the USA. The next one is the Nissan Leaf, but honestly, if you're doing long journeys, I'd worry about the Chatamo infrastructure in the US. I don't think... If you're not doing long journeys, Leaf is fabulous. If you are... Uddling towards the bolt. The Volvo XC, sorry, EX90, oops, uh, the EX90 has debuted in the US because it hadn't until now at the CES show in Las Vegas and it's gone on for pre ordering on the US website of Volvo. The EX90 has LiDAR, five radars, eight cameras, 16 ultrasonics, and they bring all of those sensors together in what is the opposite of Tesla's vision only approach by having all the range of sensors on the Volvo. Uh, The Luminar-made LiDAR sensors will detect objects, they say, uh, two football fields away from you. In day or night, the human eye can't see it at highway speed in whatever weather. The car comes with a 15-inch touchscreen uh, with Google on. Of course, it runs Google as the operating system, so the apps, the services, maps, etc., etc. It also has Apple CarPlay, if you want that. Um, It's virtually identical to Polestar's version, which is the Polestar 3. So, dual motor, 111 kilowatt hour battery, uh, usable 107, uh, 372 miles, that's 600 kilometers on a full charge. And it does charge pretty quick, 250 kilowatts, but... It's a 400-volt system, and so that is frustrating because to get the juice, you need to find a a charger that will give you the amps. And if you can't get one that's giving you five or 600 amps, then you're going to be charging a long time. That's the downside of running 400 volts, not eight or 900 volts, because let's face it, you then are relying on the charging infrastructure, and some good, some bad, as you know. So, yeah, it could be a 30-minute top-up, or it could be 50 minutes to get to 80%, depending on the amperage of the charger. How much battery is too much battery? Well, Zika clearly don't think that uh, there's a problem with going big, because the Zika 001 is updated for this year, and it now has a 140-kilowatt-hour battery. Now, this, of course, is, again, it's a mid-size sedan saloon, and so it's a massive battery, 
in a mid-sized car or a Model 3 kind of car. And so that battery pack, they say, will do 641 miles or 1,000 kilometers. Well, that 1,000 kilometers number is a little bit too convenient for me. And it's on the Chinese cycle as well. So it won't be that. Uh, it is, they call it a luxury coupe. Okay, and it has two electric powertrains as last year, uh, the base version single motor and the flagship motor dual motor. The battery sizes are 86, 100 or 140 kilowatt hours. Again, the big daddy one doing, they say, uh, a thousand kilometers, 641 miles. You know, even if you're getting a very, very decent four miles per kilowatt hour, you are still realistically looking at somewhere around 500 miles with a battery size uh, that big. Real world, maybe 480, 500. Depending on the efficiency of the Zika 001, Chinese car, of course, but is that too much battery? <laughs> you know, should that be two cars, not one? I don't know. Uh, Neo is putting more battery swap stations into Europe. They've now got 10 of them in Europe, with seven more due to go into operation soon. They're in Norway, Germany, Sweden, and the Netherlands. Uh, the 10th station went into operation at the turn of the new year in the Netherlands. Uh, further stations are planned in the Danish capital of Copenhagen. Two more are in the Netherlands and Norway, and they'll have 120 by the end of the year. Wow. Uh, I did ask somebody from Neo about the UK, and I kind of joked, you know, right-hand drive, we'll be waiting years, won't we? And he smiled and said, sooner than you think. That's interesting. Uh, Japan is going to relax the rules on EV chargers, and I didn't realise this, but Japan uh, doesn't let you have high-powered chargers in every location. I can't believe I didn't know this. There you go. I learn something every day on this podcast. The Japanese government is going to ease regulations on the installation of EV chargers to boost their EV industry. Chargers that are 200 kilowatts or more are subject to strict safety measures, and it'll take about 76,000 US dollars equivalent, 10 million yen, um, to install one because it's such high power, and then it costs millions more to operate them. Uh, there's no, There are no special rules for anything that's 20 kilowatts or lower. But then when you get to 50 kilowatts, you've got some regulations. You get to 200 kilowatts and you need a special license to use it. Uh, depending on the equipment, only certain people are even allowed to touch the charger. Well, that sounds crazy, Japan. So they're thinking of changing that uh, because there's no EV industry in Japan, which is, you know, you think, well, hang on, it's Nissan, it's the home of the Leaf. There is no EV industry in Japan. It's 2% of new vehicle sales are EVs. It's, it's just dead in the water, which might be why they're a little bit behind the rest of the world. Go to South Korea, though, and Hyundai, Kia, Genesis, that group are doing great guns, and they want to sell 10% more cars this year thanks to electric vehicles. They want to up their market share globally. They say 4.3 million vehicles this year, up from 3.9 last year. Uh, they're looking forward to introducing the first high-performance uh, of the Ionic 5, the N version, very soon. And finally, used EV prices fell in December. Uh, used car prices in the UK, at least, dropping 1.5% in, in December. Values of second-hand electric cars are sliding as well. Uh, December was the third biggest drop in prices last year after March and April. The average three-year-old used car with 60,000 miles on the clock would drop in value by about £300 on the month. After a three-year point, EVs are down on average 5.2%, or about £1,600, according to cardealermagazine.co.uk. Uh, James Batchelor writes, when the past four months are added together, 
EV used values have fallen 10.4% or on average £3,500. And I can, I can also attest to the fact that the Model 3 from Tesla is the largest depreciating EV in the UK right now. Model Y going down only about 6% in the last month. I, on AutoTrader, I have some alerts, some searches saved, and I check in on them semi-regularly to have, you know, it's my job, isn't it, to talk about EVs. And I've noticed that the Model 3 is really depreciating in the UK. So if you have one that you're going to sell, do it now. I mean, if you're looking to get out of a Model 3, do it now. Because if you're looking to buy one, you are absolutely in luck. Uh, I have a, One of the searches I have is for 2021 onwards. So the refresh with the black trim, the chrome delete, the, uh, the uh, what else, the, the new heat pump, the, uh, the new interior with the phone chargers that sort of sit up at 45 degrees though um you want the refresh you're gonna get one get a refresh one because they're good and you can get a really decent one with less than twenty thousand miles on the clock uh, you know a car that's 18 months old for 35 or thirty-six thousand now and that starts to make a little more sense to me uh, ev uh, teslas have been so so highly priced and certainly people have been flipping them or they've been ordering them and buying them from Tesla and and maybe driving them for a year and then selling them for more money. Those days are long gone, long, long gone. Um, And even on the Tesla website, the new price of a Model Y is $51,990, I think, for the rear-wheel drive. You can get one with 50 miles on the clock. It's, It's registered and Tesla probably did that to boost last year's numbers or something, but uh, on the inventory pages of Tesla.com for 48 something. Well, that's like a three grand discount on a brand new car. People say, oh, Tesla don't do discounts and Tesla's direct, etc., etc." If you're going to buy one, have a look now because they are doing some decent deals on their inventory pages of Tesla and on the used car market as well. Teslas are absolutely tanking. Um, but I just think they're coming more in line with where they should be. Really, because people were, like I say, driving them for a year and selling them for a profit, which, hey, that's the EV market for you. It's been a funny old time, uh, but I'll watch that one closely. And that's your podcast for today. Goodness, that was long, over 25 minutes. I'm sorry for nattering, but there's a lot going on today, and I hope you enjoyed it. A question of the week, taking a break for a while, but it will return. Thank you to our premium partners of the show, uh, Phil Roberts of Electric Future at EF.energy. If you want to see what Phil is doing with solar installs and things like that. Uh, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel. Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one map and one app. Uh, Millbrookcottages.co.uk, those five-star luxury cottages in Devon. And finally, Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>